You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our latest look at the Minnesota Twins. I'm joined here in our first podcast of 2017 by a very special guest, Richard Justice, columnist for MLB.com. Richard, thanks for doing this. Happy New Year to you. And uh, I thought I'd get your perspective, start with getting your perspective on the Brian Dozier situation. We are hearing that the Twins are, uh, basically things are coming to a head. The Twins are asking for final offers for Dozier. There's no guarantee that they move Dozier. I think whether they do or not will say a lot about how they feel about 2017 and um, and I guess a lot about how they feel about the offers for Dozier. But um, what are your thoughts on that situation? Obviously, a guy coming off of a career year, 42 home runs, his value might never be higher than it is in this moment, and yet his value to the Twins is, is still pretty substantial as well. You know, Anthony, I think when you play the long game, you have to trade him because when I yeah. look at their what they're going to do next year, they're going to probably have at least five players – 25 and under in the lineup. And a lot of what next year is about is what is Buxton? You got to just put Buxton and Sano out there and find out. You got to take the pressure off of them and let them play. Same thing with Polanco, Kepler. You know, you just got to find out. And with Brian Dozier, if you could get him, I know the Dodgers want him. Do the Dodgers need him? They're a 95 win team without Brian Dozier. But their long game is we got to catch the Cubs. We want to play in the World Series for the first time since 1988, all that stuff. And he might make a difference somewhere down the line, and he certainly would upgrade them. I would say if I'm the Twins and you got a guy that you're going to have for two more years, he's 29 years old, you could get one pitcher. You could get one great pitching prospect and maybe a lesser prospect, something like that. Uh, I think you have to do it. And, uh, you know, and I know that puts – that makes puts Maurer and Park a little bit more on an island, and it may make them less interesting. But if, if I'm a Twins fan, I, I'm going in thinking, we we got great baseball people running this thing now. We, we have confidence in them. It's a new way of doing business. It's a new era for the Twins. And we're going to watch a bunch of guys, and it's not just Buxton and Polanco and, and Sano. I mean, they got guys on the way that are pretty going to be pretty interesting to watch. And we're going to watch players that are going to get better. So we're not sure what we're going to be this year in 2017. It may be, you know, find, identifying pitching, identifying players that can stay. But I think when you look at long-term, Dozier has to be – you have to trade now at a point where, as you said, he's never had a better value. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We're talking about a guy who he puts up really strong numbers, but he's also – there's a lot of streakiness within that. And maybe you take him into the season and, and hope to flip him at the deadline. Uh, maybe there's a better market for him then, but then you run the risk of uh, that happening maybe in the midst of a, a, a slow start. He actually had a slow start to, to 2016. Right. Uh, you don't remember it now because of the way, uh, you know, how strong he finished, but he did have a slower start to 2016. So you run that risk uh, of the value not being as high. And, and yeah, he is, he's probably their most marketable player at the moment, but, and there's value to that, but um you know, how realistic is it for this club to be a, a legit contending club uh, in the two more remaining years of, of Dozier's contract? So, yeah, I think there's yeah. a lot of value to, to making a good move now. Yeah, and what um, I'm selling, if I'm the Twins, is like, 
you know Derek Falvey a lot better than I do, but I was amazed. He's the new president of baseball operations of the Twins. I was amazed at how often that the the Indians talked about him, how often Terry Francona talked about him, and Brad Mills. I mean, it clearly was not just a relationship, a working relationship. There was a trust in the guy. Yes. And it said a lot about him that he stayed until the World Series was over. And as you know, I know Thad Levine very well, who came from Texas, as bright a guy and as good at organizing a staff and finding, not maybe not finding talent, but finding talent evaluators to do it. And I, I would think we we got to understand, look, a lot of what we're going to be this year is, are we right about Sano and Buxton? Weren't they at one time, didn't MLB.com have, have them rated two of the top three prospects in the game? you gotta, you got to put them out there and you got to let them play. And if that means trading the guy, that is the delicate point, though. Like, if you hold the guy and he starts slowly, what does that do for the market? Because it's a brutal game. And I'm sure the reason he hasn't been traded is that the Dodgers are looking at it saying, hey, they feel more as much, they feel more pressure to trade him than we do to go out and get him because we still have Chase Hutley as a fallback position. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and you have, so you have two new guys sort of playing this chess game with a guy like Andrew Friedman who's played it for a long time. That's not the obviously not the only destination for him, you know, the the Angels he would he, he, the Angels had 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 put a lure in the water there before they got to Espinosa, but uh, right. It'll be interesting. And and you've, and you've heard rumors about the Cardinals, but yeah, I mean the the the, the uh, Dozier's of the Dodgers thing has been it's been a thing since the very first day of the offseason and it's one of those moves that just makes too much sense not to happen. Maybe it won't happen. Maybe it makes too much sense to happen. But um, <laughs> it, they've been such a natural fit, and and the need for uh, you know production um, against left-handed pitching just just every it just lines up uh, perfectly. But uh, we know it, it's hard to swing a deal. But yeah, you referenced uh, you know Thad Levine pretty well. I know Derek Falvey pretty well. Um, this is just a, a major transition uh, for this Twins team, just in terms of approach. You know, it's it's been one of the more old school organizations for so long, um, and and it's no disrespect to Terry Ryan. It's just that the game has evolved so much in, in a short time, and and these are two bright young guys uh, to take them in the right direction. Yeah, and Terry tried. You know, when he when he returned to the job, his whole deal was we've got to increase our inventory of pitching and, you know, in the span trade and the revere trade in the free agency, they went out and tried to get pitching, but it never all worked out. Either a guy got hurt or he turned out not to be as good as he thought. And so yeah. sometimes the hardest thing to do is scout yourself. And, and I give ownership credit for just saying, okay, we're, we're going to go an entirely new different direction. We're going to bring young guys in here and uh, see where we're at. Absolutely. Well, uh, one the one move the Twins have made uh, this offseason was the signing of Jason Castro. And um, as we referenced, uh, you reside there in the great state of Texas. You know, you know Thad Levine pretty well. And uh, you know Jason Castro very well, uh, being based in Houston. What are the Twins getting in Jason Castro behind the dish? I think they're getting a team leader. They're getting a guy that gets it in every way, in every way. When he was drafted, he... He was the first draft pick of a new Astros regime, Ed Wade, Bobby Heck, those guys. He was a Stanford guy, and all that that implies in being a Stanford guy. And uh, he got drafted while the Cardinal were on a uh, playing a regional. I think it was in Arizona. And I asked a couple of his teammates, I said, well, what did you guys do to celebrate? That's a pretty big deal. You get a guy taken high in the first round. And they said, yeah, Jason, we had, we had the tutor on the road with us, and Jason had a test that night. So uh, 
he couldn't uh, he couldn't actually celebrate. I thought that said a lot that a, a guy celebrating a, a contract worth millions by uh, by uh, taking a test and spending the night with uh, working with a tutor, and that's sort of the seriousness he brought to the job. You know, the Cubs had a uh, big internal debate the last couple of years. Do we want our catchers to be pitch framers or pitch blockers? Their belief being that you can't have both. You can't be both. And they decided a pitch framer can impact, what, 20 pitches a game, 30? I mean, there's some number in there that's that's mm-hmm. a big number. And uh, a pitch blocker, maybe one or two a game. And Jason Castro is as good as it gets. I was looking – I was talking to our people at, at BAM about – he had 96 more strikes call last year than normally would be expected, and that was the fifth best total in, in the majors. And so what he's uh-huh. going to do when, you, when you've got a pitching rotation that wasn't very good last year, you've got to be – you got to do what you can defensively, and you got to do what you can to get pitches. I think it was Terry Francona told told us during the World Series that he had gone back and looked at Yadier Molina, a couple of his stealing pitches, stealing strikes for his pitchers, and he said, "I swear to God, the more I looked at it, I could not see the glove move, and I knew the pitch was a ball, and he got a, a strike call out of it." So there's a real <laughs> art to that, and, and Jason is a he's a workaholic. He's a guy that will get, allow his pitchers. I can imagine what it's going to be like him and Irvin Santana working together. Allow guys to get into a rhythm and, and a trust. You know, at their best, a catcher, a pitcher just wants to have trust that the catcher's right on the location and the pitch sequencing and all that. And Jason is really good at that. His offense hasn't been very good the last couple of years. Ironically, it was Jason coaching J.D. Martinez. And J.D. Martinez studying Jason Swing that led to right. a career renaissance for J.D. Martinez. But uh, I think they're getting a good one. Yeah, and, and it's been a burgeoning topic uh, the last few years in baseball. What is pitch framing worth? Well, now we know. $24.5 million. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's exactly Jason Castro what he brings. In. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff from Richard Justice. And uh, we'll continue to check in with Red Bollinger uh, throughout the new year. Uh, I want to thank Richard for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.